Hello everyone, this is Robert Velasquez podcasting for OnlineLivingAids.com. Today we'll be talking about the state of robotics for the disabled. The advances made in robotics have permitted amplifying their potential fields of application outside, outside of their in initial industrial intent. Uh, a robot is built with the objective of carrying out tasks that are manual in nature with the confluence of varying disciplines of technology such as electronics engineering and computing it can provide support to patients with a diverse set of physical limitations while the history of these devices spans decades the progress and evolution of the field of robotics has not lived up to expectations i should say hyper expectations there are several reasons that justify this stagnation on the one hand, there is capped functionality when compared to healthy arms and hands, not only due to mechanical limitations or poor strategies of control, but also from the current capabilities of the user to transmit adequate orders to produce the desired movements. On the other hand, there is aesthetics, which oftentimes runs counter to effective functionality. For example, the noise produced by motors that activate different articulations constitutes a new problem that can limit their user uh, in certain surroundings or simply be very bothersome for the user. Also, the requirement to have an energy source available for the robot implies that in order to achieve some level of autonomy, portable batteries will need to be carried around by the user. These reasons have led to the search for a, for a compromise between effectiveness, aesthetics, and operational features. In the field of medicine today, the most prominent applications of robotics include telepresence or surgical assistance. This allows doctors and surgeons to manipulate surgical instruments from a different location. The practitioner can be in his office somewhere in Australia while he or she controls robotic limbs in an operating room in the U.S. Um, and performing surgery on the patient using those uh, robotic limbs. Then we have sanitation and disinfection robots. Modern technology has paved the way for many hospitals to improve sanitation by using germ-fighting robots that use UV rays and hydrogen peroxide vapors to sanitize an entire room much quicker. Robotic prescription dispensing systems. These are machines that uh, these machines uh, are that store, dispense, mix, label, and count pharmaceuticals. They were designed to add speed and increase customer service by quickly filling out prescriptions, avoiding patient wait times. Then we have medical transportation robots. Um, they allow the medical staff to save time by using robots to transport medication and food to patients. Pretty, pretty simple. Uh, we have rehabilitation robots. The category, of, uh, uh, the category of which this podcast will really focus on the most is rehabilitation robots. Um, they provide patients with an enhanced quality of life by adding mobility and building patients' strength to help them rehabilitate from injuries and disabilities, whether temporary or permanent. Like humans, robots require certain sensory and mechanical abilities in order to perform the functions expected of them. As such, robotic elements are analogous to human parts. Brain with computer processor, body with mechanical structure, muscles with motors, and senses with sensors. As such, systems of support can be designed as complete robotic systems, simple mechanisms, automatic or teleoperational, depending on the needs of the patient. 
The most significant decades for putting robotics on the map of medicine occurred in the 1960s and 70s, with the advent of commercially available prosthetic and orthotic robots, such as the Otto Bach hand, uh, the, the Vienna Tone hand, and the Hendon arm and the Edinburgh arm. Their control was based on myoelectric signals from the patient and auxiliary devices that were adapted to the post-surgical or post-traumatic capacities of the end user. As an assistant or external support, there are already diverse robotic solutions that include domestic and occupational capabilities. For the average person, day-to-day -day tasks are plenty and quite varied, and some of them way too complex to be programmed into current industrial robot models. As such, we can't expect current technology to develop a domestic robot capable of helping a severely handicapped person to perform many tasks. However, robots can be utilized for a number of limited basic functions, such as moving objects, opening a fridge, uh, helping a person to eat or drink, adjusting an item of clothing, or assisting with personal hygiene, etc. The application of robotics is very much transferable to the field of physical rehabilitation. From a practical standpoint, the first problem is coming up with a way to control the mechanical prosthetic. One way to do it is using myoelectric signals of the user that the brain generates to activate muscles. When disability stems from the brain not being able to transmit these signals, other forms of control need to be explored by considering the current physical capacity of the user. Today, home, automa home automation or smart home systems for the home can communicate with each other to assist patients by automatizing uh, some tasks. Uh, they constitute a beneficial possibility for those with different levels of cognitive or physical disability. The end goal is the integration of technological advancements into the home with features that promote comfort, security, and convenience, while at the same time reducing energy consumption. All indications point to smart homes as, in a, as an efficient and affordable way to assist the elderly or anyone that wishes extra assistance in the home for that matter, but especially for the disabled. Smart homes are controlled by one single remote that can control various items and systems found in normal households. For example, sound systems, thermostats, security systems, garage, uh, TVs, curtains, etc. It's still a new technology and a relatively new market, so the list of devices that are compatible with these systems are continuously growing. The applicable difference between smart homes and prosthetic orthotic robot robotics is that the former is, st is statically structured and offers assistance with, with tasks that are much more repetitive and simpler in nature with little to no environmental factors to consider. Whereas the level of programming and engineering complexity required to instruct limb robots or mobile assistant type of robots to perform nuanced human movements and activities is otherworldly. Further, replicating human biology and mechanics still haven't been mastered by robots because of various challenging problems scientists and engineers face. In so many words, science has not been able to do one better over Mother Nature. Still, the outlook is promising for the field of robotics. For example, in 2015, Icelandic lower leg amputee Gudmundur Olafsson was a recipient of a bionic ankle that can be controlled with a, with a mind and, and lower leg by electrical impulses and myoelectric sensors. Bionic limbs used to be the stuff of sci-fi films, but it's slowly becoming a reality.
Although this technology has been in the public conscience for some time, it has done so with the false impression that bionic technology has been mastered, when really, it's just a, a few breakthroughs here and there, with no consistent level of, of vanguard pioneering to put bionic robots at the forefront. Regardless, any advancement tends to stir excitement because it's only a matter of time before bionic technology becomes a reality. Many lives have changed in parallel to its progress as an emerging technology. But it has yet to make its way into mainstream application as it's very expensive and currently too limited in range of application. Assistance Robotics the needs of the user along with the impossibility of building a robot that can completely compensate for many physical limitation has led to the development of different types of robotic systems. Robotic assisted transfer devices help the transfer of users from one surface to another, moving from a wheelchair onto another surface unassisted and vice versa, presents a statistical risk for the user. According to research led by Grindel and colleagues, quote, between 1973 and 87, 770 wheelchair-related accidents that led to death were reported to the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. 8.1% of these accidents were caused by falls during transfers. Between 86 and 90, there was an estimated 36,000 wheelchair-related accidents in the U.S. that resulted in a visit to the emergency, to the emergency room. 17% of these accidents were due to falls during transfers. In 2003, more than 100,000 wheelchair-related injuries were treated in U.S. emergency departments, showing an upward trend in the, in the number of injuries over time. End quote. So, not only are, are ATDs beneficial for the patient, but also for the caregivers who normally have to transfer patients manually by lifting them. But this puts the caretaker at risk of injury as well, since it can be very difficult and exhausting transferring patients in such a way. For this reason, the use of patient lifts is quite popular although they can be very time-consuming to use. So let's talk about uh, different robot types based on their mobile or stationary nature. We have robots mounted on wheelchairs. They provide the user with, capability, with the capability to manipulate the environment in different ways. They're controlled by a joystick that can be actioned with subtle, minor, and effortless movements to accommodate those with severe hand motor issues. Mechanical design requires compactness and adequate length of reach and we have robots mounted on a fixed base usually installed next to the user most models are relatively simple affordable and faster than other systems they are the most efficient performing a limited number of simple tasks at high speeds as such they aren't intended for general household use and they can access only immediate areas and we also have mobile robot systems these are the ones that can navigate around the environment autonomously. The utility um, as an operative extension of the owner is their biggest advantage. Commanding the machine to head to another room and return with medication or water, etc. is a huge advantage that saves time and effort for those at physical risk. To make operating easier, the robot can be pre-programmed with several operational commands, especially those that occur on a daily basis. If someone is an avid reader, for example, they can pre-program the robot to fetch it from the bookshelf using basic commands. A system of computerized, uh, a system of computerized vision that allows locating objects in the environment visually is still being developed, uh, obviously from the robot's perspective. 
which this should spare the user from having to guide the robot towards the target object or area. The robot would be able to do it itself. Most models can move about independently in a typical home environment and can that way transport objects from one room to another. Their field of application is therefore greater. However, robotic mobile systems can be cost prohibitive, cost prohibitive and the low reliability of current systems puts a damper on their true usefulness and efficacy, at least for now. The, these types that I just mentioned previously, they can be further divided into, into multitaskers and single task manipulators. For example, a robotic arm articulation mounted on a table like support might be designed specifically and only to feed and provide drink to the user. It consists of a very simple robot arm that has a spoon for a hand, a food tray support, and a glass support. Control is based on actioning the robot to bring the spoon to the user, after filling it from the food tray to a position close to the mouth. Intervals between each spoonful is controlled by the user through an interface that is specific to the, res to, to the residual mobility of the user. A different command brings the glass towards the mouth and inclines it at a proper drinking angle. In this case, the objective isn't to replace human function, rather, the user can, can proceed to eat and drink at their own pace with autonomous intent. This solution gives the user satisfaction to eat by him or herself if they want it, as well as avoiding fatigue and annoyance towards continued assistance from someone, since this would require a good rapport between assistant and patient. Technical help is still being developed from diverse fields of application. Robotics con constitutes just one more step in the development of technological assistance that expands the horizons of many people while improving their quality of life. With the diversity of models continually being introduced, along with the inevitable, inevitable progress of technology, people with disability can count on future advancements to be more accessible and mitigate the impact of their physical or sensory impairment. So that's it for me today and Robotics for the Disabled. Thanks for tuning in. Again, this is Robert podcasting uh, for OnlineLivingAids.com.